This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a leading independent publisher with six decades of experience supporting teachers and school leaders. Learn about research-based, easy-to-use professional development books for your entire faculty by visiting us.johncatbookshop.com. This podcast is one of the podcasts that I recorded at FETC earlier this year. If you would like to have me come out and speak at your conference or at your district, Please go to jethrojones.com and you can connect with me there. Thanks so much. Enjoy this interview. All right. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 323, I think, something like that. Anyway, welcome. We're excited to have you. Um, today we have Rebecca McPherson and Nikosi Darnell. And so we are at the FETC conference and I walked by a room and I saw on the banner describing what was in the room. It was talking about dyslexia being a superpower. And so I went in and met these two ladies who were doing the presentation and thought it'd be great to have them here. So, Nikosi, do you want to start and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing? I would love to, Jethro. Thank you so much for having us. So my name is Nikosi Dornell. And just to give you a little bit of background on myself, I'm a practicing speech-language pathologist. I have over 17 years of experience in the field. I've pretty much worked in every setting possible, including schools, virtual schools, private clinics, hospitals, and with a myriad of diagnoses um, from children to adults. Um, I absolutely love what I do. I love helping people improve their overall communication skills, as well as being able just to interact in the environment that they have been placed in, whether it's the school setting, the home setting, or community setting. Um, my other degree is in child development. I just really wanted to use that to reinforce my skills in speech pathology and look at the child from a more holistic perspective instead of just looking at things from a deficit model. Mm -hmm. So in speech pathology, sometimes we get so focused on, quote unquote, the deficit that we're not as focused on the strengths of the students. And so I really got that perspective in child development and as far as my coursework was concerned, and we really started to look at the strengths that the students brought and how we could use those strengths to help them improve in their communication. 
You want to talk about Clearview? Oh, yes. Really important information. So I'm the owner of Clearview Speech and Consulting Services. It opened up in 2016. I work with both children and adults on their communication, their swallowing, their voice, um, just their overall language development. Um, And one big focus that we have is on dyslexia, as well as executive functioning skills, which are basically our higher order thinking skills that we use to reach our long-term goals. So all the small steps that we have to take to be able to attain our different goals that we have for the future. Cool. All right, Rebecca, introduce yourself. My name is Rebecca McPherson, and I am from Fort Worth, Texas, and I've lived there all my life. And Nikosi and I have been friends for over a decade. And first we were friends, and now we're co-presenters together. And that all began whenever I found out that my oldest uh, had a, a expressive language just uh, delay. And so we were, Nikosi and I were already friends. And then um, being a speech pathologist, you know, I just cried on her shoulder basically and said, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I don't know where to start. I've never dealt with this before. And she helped, you know, walk me through it and um, was a real encouragement. And my background is in teaching. And so I taught middle school and high school and I taught computers. So my background, it became like more like educational technology. And so as I was trying to help my son, I started, you know, gathering all these tools because I always want to think about, well, what can we do with technology? How can that help him? And so as I was gathering all these tools, I was showing Nikosi at the same time, and she was showing me what she had, and we just thought, oh, my goodness, we have to share this with more people. So about, I don't know, four or five years ago, three or four years ago, we started presenting, and um, so we've talked about speech and language uh, tech apps. We've talked about executive functioning, now dyslexia, and basically we just, uh, you know, are looking for different tech tools that can can assist people who can benefit from them and things. So, yeah, so right now, like I said, uh, my husband and I, we have three boys, and their ages are three, five, and seven, and my oldest son, Mitchell, is in second grade, and he is dyslexic, and so we found out about two years ago And uh, it's just been kind of like a whole new world for me, just figuring out that where a lot of people think, oh, you know, that's that's really bad, you know, like almost kind of like a a sentence of life. Like a death sentence. Yes. Like you're never going to be able to read, Mm -hmm. but it's not that way. Um, I have kind of been determined to not view it that way and Mm -hmm. to view it as let's talk about what he is really good at and let's talk about how, you know, he has great strengths, and so I don't want to give too much away because I think we're going to talk yeah. about it, but that's well, kind of my journey. Yeah, well, um, as I mentioned to you and listeners of this podcast know that my oldest daughter has Down syndrome, and when she was born, this is tragic, but my grandpa said, well, are you going to keep her or put her in a home? And I was like, wait, what? Why would I even consider wow. that? That is just crazy. Yeah. And grandpa, you're a jerk. <laughs> You know, right. And he's dead now. I love him. I don't really think he's a jerk, but he was from a different time. And he saw that as, well, you can't possibly raise her on your own. That's just not a thing. And he just didn't understand that how she could be successful and what she could accomplish. And like you, I've tried to make it my mission to ensure that she has a good as normal as possible life. And and that's been really rewarding. And 
And what attracted me to your guys' session was that idea that disabilities are actually superpowers. And for her, so her superpower to me is not that she has Down syndrome, but that that Down syndrome makes her so empathetic to others. And I was having a really rough day at work and she was at my school and she was adamant that she was going to eat lunch with me that day. And she never eats lunch with me because she's super social and wants to be with her friends. But this day, she had no idea what was going on, but she wanted to eat lunch with me. And then she came in and she was sitting next to me and she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, Dad, what's wrong? And I was like on the verge of tears, right? (laughs) And I'm getting weepy now. But like her understanding and recognizing that, like none of my other kids had any idea later that I was having a rough day. But when I got home again that day, she was like, are you okay, Dad? And like she just totally understood that I was having a hard time and was just being sweet and compassionate and kind. And so, so let's talk a little bit about that aspect of disabilities actually being superpowers. So let's start talking about dyslexia and how that's a superpower. Well, so I don't know if you're aware of the website um, made by dyslexia. It's out of the UK, but mm-hmm. I really, really like what they're putting out because they're all about talking about the strength the strengths of dyslexia and so this is a lot of stuff that i've gathered from their websites and what i've seen in my son but for one being able to see the big picture mm-hmm. and so see people with dyslexia they look at something that you know most of us would just kind of like gloss over and say like read or whatever really fast they would be able to look at that and see that like we need to simplify this and I don't know if you've seen that there's a lot of articles coming out about how so many COEs, CEOs, CEOs, <laughs> see, look, I'm getting mixed up. Okay. CEOs are dyslexic mm-hmm. and because they have those strengths of being able to see the big picture and being able to simplify. And so, you know, it doesn't matter if you might not know which letter sound goes with the letter because right. you like that, that is just you know, decoding. That's not an intellectual issue because most of them have awesome comprehension Mm -hmm. and they're very intelligent. And so it's just the matter of getting the written words into their mind so that they can, you know, run with it. Mm -hmm. And so those two strengths and also empathy is another strength that they have. And I know that my son, he is like, he is super aware of like people's feelings like even to the point where sometimes i'm like i don't know if he would get that but like he tells me things that he gets about Mm -hmm. the way like we might pass somebody you know and he will sense something about how they're feeling or just their body language or whatever and i'm like oh wow i wouldn't have probably known that as a seven-year-old so those are some of my strengths and i wanted to share something like you said about something your dad said well even fast forward to now my dad first told me, well, you know, he'll never go to college. And it was, and I love him too. I love my dad. And, but it's just, that was, that's their, the first mentality is they'll always be like handicapped or, you know, Mm -hmm. bound. And, you know, that even set me more against it saying, guess what? He can do whatever he wants to do in life. If he wants to go to college, he will go to college. If he doesn't, then that's going to be his decision. But mm-hmm. it's never going to be because he wasn't good enough because there's always a way to to fulfill your dreams and fulfill your potential if they're given that chance. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, going back to what you were even talking about, different individuals who have dyslexia, there are more and more individuals who are prominent who are coming out and telling people about their difficulties with reading. I think of, I mean, immediately I thought of Charles Schwab. Mm-hmm. Actually, he yeah. has dyslexia and look at the empire that he's built. You think of all the different actors and actresses, there's a level of strength within creativity. Mm-hmm. So you see that happen. I mean, there's so many um Bloom. I can't think of his first name, but he's a British actor. There's so many different Orlando ones. Bloom. Orlando yeah. Bloom, yes. Good job. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know that one. <laughs> I know we were looking at his picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's so many different ones. And so a lot of times I think people don't realize that, you know, individuals might struggle with different areas because people don't necessarily express that or share mm-hmm. it with you. But more and more are starting to do that. Well, when we were talking about all the inventors, like Alexander Graham Bell, and Einstein and Henry Ford, all of these are on those websites. The um, the Yale Center yes. for Dyslexia has a whole link of individuals who have dyslexia, and not like necessarily are they all like even gone now, but a lot of them are recent, and they have like astronauts and politicians, as yeah, well orthopedic as surgeons, yes. like people that we might not know, know, mm-hmm. but like when you see all the different professions then it really helps people know that like you don't have to change your dreams and and like or be defined by a diagnosis of some right. sort right That's correct. and so i i think that that piece there is what really allows people to grow into that and it's easy after the fact to say yes i struggled with this however that that didn't define someone you know and so for me, for example, I struggled with anxiety all the way up till I was 18. And the way that I overcame that was this really powerful story we don't have time for right now. But it, it's amazing how when I was a kid, I we didn't call it anxiety back then, but I, I didn't like doing anything new and I hated change. And now as an adult, I'm like, give me more because I saw how that that anxiety that I felt before, that can now be something that is... That is a driver to help me be prepared for whatever that change is. And so, so how do you teach people to look at things that we saw as disabilities and turn them into something that can be a a positive force for good? Well, I think it really starts with the teachers and parents and that they need to be educated in how to teach students with dyslexia Mm -hmm. because research shows that you need early identification early intervention and the intervention needs to be structured literacy. And so for teachers to have those resources and to be using that, you know, structured literacy, and then to know that you're going to have to build into this child and you're going to have to encourage them Mm -hmm. because, you know, for so many of us, we don't even remember when we learned how to read. It just happened. It just snapped. And all of a sudden we're just reading things we don't even know, you know, like it just automatically pops into our minds, but it's not that way. And, and students who are in the traditional classroom and they're having their peers just read, 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 no big deal. Just reading, reading. It makes them already feel like there's something wrong mm-hmm. and they're frustrated and their self-esteem just goes down, down, down. And so for teachers to realize like, okay, you've got to have a game plan like this student you need to make sure that you don't ever put them on the spot for mm-hmm. reading out loud. 
You've got to make sure that you don't count off for spelling. If it's not a spelling test, you've got to make sure that you give them creative outlets so that they can show what they know in other ways and not just write a long paper about it. Mm -hmm. And just um, thinking through like, you know, how, what are their strengths tap into that, show them what they're good at. If they're good at sports, by all means, if they're good on, you know, at theater, just you've got to find something where they feel like they can do really well. Cause you know, we all want to have something that we feel we're really good at yep. and reading and writing is not going to be their number one go-to. I mean, they will learn it, but they're never going to feel like all of most of us where we just like, Oh, I just want to read that book for fun out print, you know, yeah. Whereas they might be like, I want to listen to that book for fun, mm-hmm. which is great. So just finding what they're good at and, and developing that. Yeah. And obviously as a podcaster, I love audio versions of yeah. things also. So yeah, go ahead. Well, and two, it also makes me think of like in order to build on their strengths, the education component, but then also taking that holistic perspective and then training the teachers. But sometimes you can give like bypass the teachers initially and go to the parents and so that's something that, you know, I'm actually working on right now is training the parents and then allowing them to also introduce some of the information to the teachers, whether, you know, working with the SLPs through the IEPs, for instance, and writing, you know, those specific goals and those strengths to help build on areas of weakness even um, into the IEP plan mm-hmm. so that it's in writing. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. legal. Right. And then I like also a lot of cross-training in the sense of, like, maybe a particular professional is teaching something or a skill set going into the classroom and collaborating with the teacher and the student and all of the team working together on goals. And so it's not just like one person even just sharing his or her quote unquote expertise, but there's learning going back and forth. So it's more of a collaborative approach. And so, um, and just reinforcing that by how we, you know, even speak to the student as well. Um, and just talk, praising them, for instance, and how we praise them. There's actually even like a way like for appropriate praise versus, you know, negative praise. And so just following guidelines related to that. Um, I like to look at a lot of different early childhood websites for that, like Macy, for instance, um, for younger children. And I feel like that gives me a lot of, um, of the tools that I need to help relay the appropriate information to teachers, for instance, or to parents or to my clients who are old enough and receptive enough to understand specifically what I'm targeting. John Cat Educational supports high quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to see the latest publications whose exciting ideas include overcoming the extrovert ideal in our schools, creating bottom-up transformation that promotes buy-in from all educators, and improving formal and informal continuous learning opportunities for teachers. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide to amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes. So I had a um, special ed person in my district when we were talking with a parent whose child was dyslexic they said well dyslexia isn't doesn't qualify under the federal guidelines for special ed and so we can't list that on there and so we can't give your child services because they're dyslexic and so 
that was not a correct understanding that we could still give services and support that child. But that person had that misunderstanding. And since I had that experience, which was, you know, just a one-off, I thought I've heard other people repeat something similar to that. So how do we, how do we properly understand uh, dyslexia as it fits into the special ed space in schools? Well, I feel like that also goes back to education, honestly. Even if it's the speech pathologist who's on site at the school educating, um, even for early learners, because a lot of times there's the myth that, you know, children can't be even diagnosed until a certain age. Mm -hmm. But going in and educating the teaching staff and administration as well, if that's needed. Yeah on what to look for as far as the signs are concerned. And this is an area that is addressed Mm -hmm. in their educational plan. It's a legal responsibility um, for the schools to address dyslexia. And so it just makes me think of the educational component, whether it's like face-to-face, whether, you know, if they're in a remote area, whether you're using webinars, for instance, to educate. But the information is accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so maybe they don't realize they just haven't been taught it. I don't know if it's due to a lack of accessibility or perhaps, you know, they were sleeping during that course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that would be my perspective on the matter. So is 504 all across the the United States? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, so in the school where I'm at, if, if a student is dyslexic, they fall under 504. Mm -hmm. So would that not have just been the answer for or what the, the misunderstanding was? Yeah. So in this particular situation, the student had uh, other disabilities. And so we could not, as we're doing the, the evaluation summary, we couldn't say dyslexia was one of them because it wasn't uh, in, in IDA as one of those eight categories that it can be. And so, so then we still provided the support because we were making IEP anyway, but you're absolutely right. If that's the only issue, then a 504 would be, as far as I understood it, would be the appropriate thing. And so so that was just a situation where our SLP who was in that meeting, it was her like third week on the job, right? So she wasn't totally sure herself. And so it was just deferring to this person. But, you know, we found ways to still provide that support without saying dyslexia is one of his top three concerns that we needed to address. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So 504 would be an appropriate way to do that also. Yeah. So when it comes to educating staff, that isn't always as easy as it sounds. Sometimes people grade during trainings or sleep during trainings. And I think that a, a large part of this goes back to this mindset issue of it's it's not a disability. It can be a positive thing. Um, what are your suggestions for the training that you do to help people understand how to look at this differently? A lot of times I like to do a lot of perspective taking. Mm -hmm. So I really would like, you know, whenever I'm training, I would like for the person who's in the audience to really have the perspective, for instance, of having a specific, you know, diagnosis or weakness or learning difference. And so that they can actually put themselves in the shoes of the person who has this Mm -hmm. and look at it from a perspective as how would you want to be treated, (laughs) you know, and then what can you do to actually improve this person's life, you know, and building on their strengths. And so I think, you know, that can happen over time. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily even just give one session on something, but I would build that over a series of times and have walk lessons, if you will, 
on specific topics within that category of like building on one strength, mm-hmm. just to kind of really emphasize that information in them and basically say it's not going away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you might need some oversight, honestly, just to see whether or not these skills are being implemented. And then perhaps you could pair the teachers and they would have to, like if you came up with a program, but they would have to converse on what, like, you know, specific item that they have implemented into their classroom based on what they've learned and Mm -hmm. hold each other accountable. And then perhaps even, you know, give a summary of that to an administrator. And so I think it's almost like a formative assessment in a way or doing multiple assessments. Um, just to see or pop in the class, you know, just to even observe to see how they're implementing some of the strategies. Yeah. Well, so in Texas, all teachers have to take a little module on dyslexia. It's part of our, you know, beginning of the year uh, checkoff list. And I will say that I've taken many of those. And every time it's almost, uh, it's a very depressing PowerPoint presentation it's all about negative 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 can't 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 you know won't be able to do that and so uh what i would like to see is a presentation that is you know actually you're gonna want them to do xyz be your you know be your person in charge of checking on everyone's uh emotional health or hey this person's gonna be really great at helping a group get the big picture down. This person's really going to be great at like simplifying these complicated tasks. And, you know, please just give us one or two slides of what they're going to be good at because these presentations that teachers are having to sit through is basically just like reinforcing that negative thought of, well, don't expect much of these kids. And so I'd like to see that change. And I think one really good option might be that made by dyslexia and Microsoft came together and there's a free like whole uh, training program that's geared for teachers that they can take. It's free. And I think you can just Google it. And I would think I haven't gotten to click through it yet, but if it's by made by dyslexia, um, that's going to be a group that's going to be talking about strengths. So just having more trainings that, you know, help uh, bring a better light to dyslexia is a really good first step. Yeah, absolutely. And I think recognizing any disability as as not being all bad, but having some positive aspects to it too would be really beneficial. So the last question that I ask uh, everybody who comes on, and uh, we'll start with you, Rebecca, and then Nicosi. What is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you? A little bit of a curveball there. All right. (laughs) Well, what I would say for principals is that they would find a student who's dyslexic and get to have lunch with them and meet them. And maybe one day they get to be buddies and they get to follow them around maybe and kind of see shadow a student and see what their day looks like. And just see, you know, what is it like whenever we're all sitting down to read our stories together or we're trying to work on a worksheet or we're taking notes from the teacher and different things and see kind of what that feels like and just see like, hey, they're just a normal kid trying to fit in. And the last thing they want to do is stick out or, you know, 
have anyone call attention to them and just to kind of see like the struggles of what we all just kind of pick up and do and don't even think about is like such a, um, you know, it takes so much effort to do such easy things that the rest of us think are easy. Yeah. Well, and I, I think what's important there is that when you shadow them, you get to see what their experience is. And so you get to see how much text they have to interact with on a regular day and how challenging that could be for them if if you were in their situation. So I think that's that's really valuable. Nikosi? Well, going back to building on someone's strengths, I think it's really important to actually and verbally affirm and so even if we go back and, like, say, for instance, the administrator went and picked five individual teachers and focused and, like, even wrote a little note to them saying, oh, you know, I see this strength in you. And then they would actually have to pick out five students or so many students and then verbally give them a strength as well as put it in writing, mm-hmm. but then kind of keep that going. So, like, maybe every week they're picking five students and identifying a strength. They can, and depending on the students and what age they are, they may or may not like to be highlighted mm-hmm. in public, <laughs> yeah. but you could highlight that in front of the classroom. And then eventually that could even pair down to the student having to, like a, one student having to tell another student, like a strength that they see in them or something that mm-hmm. they like about them. And so trying to just build that environment where it's very affirming, where it's really focused on the strengths of the specific student not focusing on an area of weakness because we all have weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't always broadcast them and they don't always broadcast themselves because some of them are more internal uh-huh. than others. And then we have some that are external and everyone can see it. That's the only difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you both so much for being part of Transformative Principle. How can people get in touch with you and uh, learn more about you and what you do? So the Clearview site, it's www.clearviewspeech.com. <laughs> and then the phone number for contact is 817-692-8040. You can reach us on Twitter at Techie, S-L-P, T-E-C-H-Y, S-L-P. And at Tech Apps, T-E-C-H-A-P-P-S. Excellent. Thank you both so much. This has been awesome. Thank you. We enjoyed. Glad you saw our little banner and came in. Yeah, me too. This is great. Hey, this is Jethro. Thanks so much for listening to that episode of Transformative Principle. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I want to remind you, I am going out on my own. So I'm looking for uh, opportunities to help schools implement things that are related to student-driven learning. So if you'd like to work with me, please go to jethrojones.com. And you'll be able to enter your information there and we can schedule a chat to talk and figure out how we can help move kids forward and be in control of their own learning. Thanks so much. That's JethroJones.com. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, Check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information or learn more in our show notes. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. 
Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE.